Listener Production. Two cuddly boys overloading the bromance cuter meter. It's Matt and Alex all day breakfast. Well, Alex Dyson, it's RIP to a very long standing tradition from uh, Guns N' Roses. They've been playing concerts for about 30 years, and over the weekend they had to announce that they would no longer be finishing their shows by throwing their microphone into the crowd. After hearing of a uh, audience member, Rebecca Howe from Adelaide, yeah. um, copping the mic to the face. Oh, no. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know if it's Not a mic drop, a mic cop. Oh, mate, it doesn't look good. Very big swelling under the eyes, uh, big bruising over the nose. She, uh, I don't, don't know whether she was looking up or looking away or anything, and uh, copped a hit. She said in her, uh, on, on, in her statement online, said, um, while I was in pain... A uh, another fan next to me reportedly scooped up the microphone instead of me. Um, Axel Rose has uh, has come out and said, "Look, we, we've been tossing the mic at the end of our show for over thirty years. We always felt like it was a well known part of the show. In the interest of public safety, from now on, we'll refrain from tossing the mic or anything to the fans during our performances." Bit of November pain for Rebecca. There, <laughs> oh, sorry, Rebecca. Um, we hope unless did it happen in, just in December? I, mean, I was close to working. <laughs> Very close. <laughs> um, but anyways, always keep an eye out and a look on the lookout and uh, you know, don't be don't be throwing things into the crowds. That's right. Any you, of you bands. We've we've only thrown a few tune rags out in our day. No, that's it. We'll get the sweat off their uh, foreheads. Oh, actually, yeah, I actually I did hit some some poor person in the face with a small chocolate Easter egg at the Melbourne Town Hall one year. <laughs> did you I think Mate, yeah, that while could we were take doing... out an eye. That's that's scary. But I was saying, hey everyone, here comes some chocolate, like, and everyone was watching that. It wasn't like anyway, apologies again <laughs> if that was you. <laughs> <laughs> and it All gave right. you an egg on the Let's head. If it wasn't Rebecca, that, that would be bad luck, wouldn't it? Jeez. All right. Well, look, thank you very much for joining us. This is Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. We've got a big show for you today, Alex Dyson. That's right. We're chatting to this talented man. Yes, that's right. Andy Bull. He's been on the circuit for a very long time now, ripping it up. And I'm so excited to announce he's got a brand new album out. It's been a while between drinks. But we're going to dive into what's been happening in that time for Andy Bull. And i got to tell you, um, you know, some of the things that have been going on in his life, you would really want to stick around and have a listen to because they, it's, it's, you know, really, really significant stuff and important stuff. That's right, Matt. Uh, before we get to that, though, you encountered an old acquaintance of ours recently. And uh, I'm very interested to find out exactly what went down. This is Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast. G'day. This is just the start. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast. Well, Alex Dyson, it's always important to be yourself. You can't be anyone else. You know what else? If you're not living on the edge, you take it up too much space. Oh, there you go. Any other sayings that are on uh, throw cushions that you want to throw out there? Well, no, because I mean, I, I did want to talk about bygones though, you know, and how important bygones are and how important they shouldn't, it is that they don't be something else. You need to let bygones be bygones. And that's what I found myself <laughs> in the position, Alex Dyson, over the weekend when I, a mere humble comedian, Yep. Stepped onto a boat with our your friend and mine, 
Richard Wilkins. Oh, my goodness. How could anyone have the oversight of allowing two mortal enemies onto the same vessel? Well, it's the first time that this we've is been like, in the same place since this, he made up to you with the with the free chippies. You remember he, he stole our chips many moons ago, eight years ago now. We've hold, mm. we've held it against him. We've held the grudge. And uh, and he made it up to you by giving you chips in the Melbourne studio when we interviewed him about his album. But That was very nice. He did he did uh, redeem it, but I still I feel the tension on that boat would it's hard to get rid of it. It would be like the only other two people I would have thought would be that angry with each other of the boat is um Leonardo DiCaprio and Billy Zane's character, both on Titanic. <laughs> you know, except Kate Winslet is some chippies. <laughs> <laughs> we, well, it was just a, it was lucky that this boat didn't have any chippies on it. I mean, there were prawns, there were bugs, there was sashimi. Mm. A very fancy party. Me and Richard in the suits, dressed up, both working, mind you. Oh, uh, he was hosting the event. I was. Uh, it was a very big corporate Christmas party for a. Um, Oh, for a very fancy company. Um, <laughs> and anyway, I mean, and you got to be fancy with, you know, Richard Wilkins mastering the ceremony. Absolutely. I don't imagine him, Richard gets out of bed for, you know, peanuts. <laughs> so it was, it was a big deal. Samantha Jade was on the boat. Oh. Mitch Tambo Great. on the boat. So I didn't want to start too much, you know. I didn't want to take away from the celebration of all these. And people you were who worked hard you were there to do some comedic stylings to I the was. people. I was okay. And I thought, do I inflame the tension between me and Richard any further? And I thought, no, we have, we've passed it. Yeah. Now it's time to just bro down. And mm -hmm. you know what? It was a damn pleasure, and I learned a few things about Richard Wilkins on that boat. Wow. And that is why I've decided to launch a one and only segment called Things I Learned About Richard Wilkins While Being on a Boat with Richard Wilkins. All right. All right. Things I Learned About Richard Wilkins While Being on a Boat with Richard Wilkins. Number one, he's got weak hamstrings. <laughs> He'd, uh... Now, was this stated to you or was this just an observation when no, he was trying no, to I said, jump up you? on the table? How are you? And he said, oh, you know, I've, I've done my hamstring. Oh. Uh, yeah, I've just, I've just pulled my hamstring today. Which brings me to the thing I know about Richard Wilkins, number two. I said, how did you, uh, <laughs> how did you do your hamstring? He said, oh, I was pulling in the Christmas tree. Oh. I got the Christmas tree delivered and I was setting up the Christmas tree. It's a, it's a big one. You know what I mean? So that's fact number two. Richard Wilkins likes fresh Christmas trees. I said, how big? He said, eight, it's about an eight and a half footer. Get one every year. Oh, I said, what? Oh, holy moly. Here is a man who loves a tree. <laughs> Good to see so he appreciates a high ceiling as well, Richard. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Couldn't, you couldn't fit an eight-footer in my little apartment, but I'm sure the, uh, I'm sure the, the, the Christmas tree in Richard's house would be flush just under the diamond chandelier. <laughs> Thing I learned about Chris, Richard Wilkins, number three, he likes to get names right. That's good. Yep. Yep, because he came up to me and just said, I know the answer to this, but I just want to be double, double sure. It's O'Kine, isn't it? And I said, yes. Thank Perfect. you. <laughs> and, he said, I, I, and he said, I like to get names right. And I said, no, good on you, oh. Richard, Richard Walkins. <laughs> you do not forge a career interviewing the best in the biz by clanging names. No, that's it. That's it. So, And I was, I was very appreciative of it because someone of them seeing me at a gig, mm. Matt O'Keen. I got that. Oh. 
So, you know, Richard's doing his job and he's doing as well. That's why he gets paid the big bucks, okay? That's why he's on the rich boats and the other MC is down at the local RSL introducing. You're not wrong. Funnily enough, I'm at both. So make of that what you will. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what that says about me or Richard or anything, but uh, I need a long chat with my agent. Now... (laughs) Uh, things I learned about Richard Wilkinson number four. He didn't know what Be Real was. What? I told him about Be Real. You were there at that moment? In his life, yes. Wow. I said, oh, because the Be Real went off when we were on the boat. And I said, oi, have you done your Be Real yet? He goes, what's Be Real? I was like, Whoa. what? Okay. Okay. So I, I thought, it out. <laughs> I thought, to be honest, I thought that Richard was a pulse fingerer. From way back, but he barely his digits are just staying well dry there from the pulse. What's he doing? Fact number five, he's got a good sense of humor. Because a couple of times when I was doing my set, I uh, did reference Richard the Big Dig Wilkins and um, and the fact that he is a chip thief. Oh, and, uh, he, did, he told the and, boat uh, that to, yeah, keep, to cover their chips. <laughs> And uh, and afterwards I came up and I said, I'm sorry. He said, ah, it's fine. It's all good fun. So, look, he's got a very good sense of humour. And he also does have an album out. We talked about it earlier this year. But, uh, you know, it's never too late to pick up the best of Richard Wilkins. So, please check it out. And other than that, we love you, Richard. Cheers, Richie. And this is Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast. Matt, what's your opinion on QR codes? You sit down at the restaurant or the place, seat on the table, you're going straight for that or you're like, oh, you're rolling your eyes, like, I just want to talk to a real person. What's going on here? Look, here's the God's honest truth. All right? I used to hate them. Yep. I'm starting to like them. But don't you dare make me sign up to some goddamn website so that I can order, okay? If there's no continue as guest option, (laughs) I am fuming hot enough to cook my own dinner from the steam coming out of my ears. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's a bit like that. They are coming everywhere. Like, have you ever, like, bought a ticket or something from a QR code or seen a random one, like, on a poster and you go, that'd be interesting. Think about all of our um, wonderful Bob Squadron Members, the Bomb Squad, true, out there with a QR code on their car, repping the MAA, Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. I mean, drive past someone, people can whip out the cam. That's true. And get a straight link to us. Well, not only are QR codes on cars now, Matt O'Kine, a uh, startup in Cork Island wants to start mm. putting QR codes on gravestones. <sighs> Interesting. Because, I mean, one of my favourite cemeteries in the world. What? How many do you have? Oh, I got a couple. There was a good one in Ingham that I went to (laughs) once. North Queensland. Had lots of mausoleums. Did you have a relative in there that had passed away? No. Dad was just working up in Ingham. He said, you should check out the cemetery. There's lots of mausoleums. (laughs) Oh, God. 
You know, you know, it's like a, it's like a famous thing in Ingham. There's this Ingham Cemetery. I'm did telling you, you the mausoleums. Did, did you have a long fringe and a book of poetry at the time, or what was your, <laughs> what were you doing? What were you doing? In it's there? not my fault that you don't understand the culture of North Queensland. It's it's Ingham's <laughs> Italian Cemetery. Look, I just googled it, Ingham's Italian Cemetery, and look what's come up: a blog on the site itching for hitching. <laughs> A light-hearted guide to caravanning in Australia. And boom, here we go. June 2018, Ingham, Queensland. Someone's decided to visit there and go look for it. Okay, there's another one. I'll tell you what, if you're you're hitching, aren't you worried that you'll end up in a cemetery? What's going on there? Now, look, the other one, if if you are asking, one was, you know, Tuong Cemetery. Okay, one that I used to drive past every day on the way to school off the Western Freeway in Brisbane. And Dad used to say, make the joke every now and then, you know, none of the people living across... From uh, the cemetery, you're allowed to be buried in there. Yeah. And I'd say, why not? And he'd say, because they're living. <laughs> so so that's that's my fa- second favourite cemetery. Okay. My first favourite cemetery. <laughs> we want to go back to the QR codes. Is on the Bondi to Coogee Walk. And there's a great cemetery there. And one of the beautiful things about that walk is you get to read the gravestones and who people were. <laughs> so instead of looking out to the ocean, you're looking at the gravestones. Yeah, and you think, oh, wow, that's nice. Or you think, oh, that's very sad. Or you think, oh, wow, they, you know, died then or that. They like that. The saddest people on that walk, I've gone past and seen people in like navy suits with white collared shirts, open collared shirts, sitting down crying. Uh, They're the property developers who could see how much money they could make from that (laughs) site where it's just dead people. Overlooking the cliffs of <laughs> between Bondi and Coogee, <laughs> these people are ruining the fact. But no, listen, let's talk about our new idea for a TV show, Matokine's Great Australian Cemeteries, in a moment. <laughs> but in Ireland, what they're saying is you can put a QR code on the gravestone. And if you're interested in what this person's life, it scans it. It goes to a little story about who they were, what they did, a bit more information uh, rather than just like year of birth, year of death. Wow. Here's what I would do straight up. Okay, there's my grave. No words, just a QR code, right? You whip out your phone, you scan the code, Rick Astley. <laughs> <laughs> Rick rolling in his grave. That <laughs> <Matt> O'Kine. <laughs> uh, no one would know who I was or the body that was buried underneath it, but it would be funny, Daiso. <laughs> that would be the thing. And that is all about your life, Matt, making people laugh. Even. In the afterlife. I actually quite like it because I, I think, you know, in my less frequent trips to cemeteries, I did like, me and my sister, I remember playing one time, was like trying to find the like person who was alive, like the earliest, like who's the oldest person in here, had the longest life. That was, yes, that was that's a good game. But you could spend a lot more time there if you would actually read a bit more about people and their Wikipedia pages. You know what they should do on top of QR? Honestly, do you know what they, what, what they think they should do next? They should do augmented reality in the cemetery. Yeah. So if you go around on your phone, yeah. you can see a like 3D hologram of the person who died in that plot. Waving to you or something like that. Oh my God. Or like juggling. Cause that was their special skill. <laughs> know what I mean? Like imagine that. <laughs> you don't think that would be a good idea? <laughs> the haunted juggler. <laughs> <laughs> Man, um, that would be great. Yeah, we could do. We could do. Take the next step there. All right. Well, we'll look into it. See what we could do. Well, let us know what your QR code would uh, present. You know, what, what would? How would it sum you up? 
Because, mm. I mean, the actual real thing that people are suggesting with these QR codes is that it'll be like, you know, it can give you history about the person. It might be able to give audio, voice recordings, videos. You know, if we did die, we could have an episode of Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast as linked to that QR code. Oh, the only problem with us being buried in the same grave is inevitably you'd be on top again and I'd be bloody second underneath. Matt and Alex. He lies Matt and Alex. <laughs> what about he lies Alex and Matt? Thanks very much. Yeah, sorry, mate. Oh, well, it's Matt and Alex. All day breakfast. Matt and Alex. Matt and Our next guest on Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast is genuinely one of my favourite artists in Australia. I remember having very fond, 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 fond memories of walking to host my very first Triple J's Hottest 100 Top 20 Countdown alongside you, Alex Dyson, and hearing one of this artist's songs coming in the countdown. And man, it was such a moment. I felt so inspired and so excited. He's back with a brand new album. It sounds a bit like this. His name is Andy Bull, and he's here on Matt and Alex right now. Hello, Andy. Hello, guys. So good to see you again. You too. It has been a while. I mean, since we've seen each other, but also since you've put out some music about eight years. I, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. I guess I'll see you later. No, yes, eight years. Well, does it feel like a second coming of Andy Bull? I mean, was there was there a moment there in the middle where you really th- where you thought, well, I'm not going to do this anymore? Oh, there was definitely moments where it felt like it had suddenly become impossible again. Some very dark moments, yeah, because so many things happened. Like I got signed to a major label in the states, and then the guy who I signed to left the label and they got handed to someone else. And then there was, they stalled putting it out and all, there's all these things that happened and, and kind of reality set in a little bit. Um, I'm going to ask probably, a That's a little, that's a little humorless for the Matt and Alex no, podcast. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Worst guess ever. Yeah. I actually wanted to ask, I actually wanted to go deeper if I can. By all means. Yeah. You talk about things happening within your life that were pretty intense as well. And I know that the, the birth of your second child was quite an intense uh, experience. Can mm. you kind of go go into what happened there and what sort of headspace you were in when all that was going on? Okay, so my wife, five days after giving birth, we got home from the hospital and my wife suddenly experienced this intense pain, like overwhelming pain to the fact, point where she couldn't sort of stand up. So we called the ambulance and we got her off to hospital and she looked like she was white as the ghost And when they took her out. And obviously I had to stay at home because I had my five-year-old and my five-day-old or my four-year-old and my five-day-old. And so I was literally holding the baby at the door, like saying, like, you know, contact me when you can. Mm -hmm. And, And I just had this feeling like something quite serious is happening and I don't know, like, will I see her again? And this is in the middle of a, um, lockdowns so the, you, oh. I couldn't have gone to the hospital even if I wanted to because of the restrictions. Oh my god. I get text message at four in the morning from the obstetrician um, saying can I call and then I get a phone call saying she's had a massive abdominal obstruction her uh, intestines have 
um, split through her abdominal wall. She's like on the verge of going septic. We have to put her into an emergency uh, operation now. Mm. So, so at this point, I, I wrote down a list. Okay, if and when I get the call um, that she has died, what do I have to do tomorrow? Because I'll, I'll have had no sleep. I'll have a new newborn baby. So I wrote down a list of like things I have to do tomorrow, things I have to do this week, um, just in case the chaos was so overwhelming that I couldn't think through it logically and yeah, sleep at yeah, yeah. time. And then, so I waited, I think the surgery took three or four hours and then she was in hospital for another two weeks after that. And it was very touch and go whether she was going to live or not. Goodness. And I just went into survival mode. Like I had two mottos that I, alongside my list of what to do, I had two things I kept saying to myself and one was be perfect. It was in my mind that there was a possibility where this is how it is forever now, me and the two kids. So I was like, be perfect. You can't get anything up. Goodness. And secondly, um, don't let the chaos win. So my house was spotless. Like I was just doing, you know, bottles and laundry and meals and like dust, there was no dust anywhere. It was, it was like full on military mode. And the, I mean, saying this now, it's, it's, there'll be people listening at home, at home who are raising three or four children on their own. And they're like, yeah, buddy, that's just how it is. I think because of the whole feeling of like the specter of death looming over the situation, it, it kind of added to the intensity. And at the same time, you're getting, you know, I'm getting to know this new child who I have. I'm very thankful it was my first child, so I sort of knew what to do. And I joke with my wife because I had all that time with my second daughter. My daughter's quite calm. She's really good human and calm. And I tell Renee, it was, that's because I raised her. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, man. <laughs> but, then, but then she came, she came back from hospital. And, and to be honest, that was the hardest period, the three or four months of like slow, slow recovery. Mm-hmm. You know, it was strange because as she got better, I had this sense of um, the preciousness of time with people and the preciousness of time with yourself. And I had a, I get a, a creative renaissance inside. And so, as I would get everyone to sleep, I had energy to then crawl up here into my studio, which is in the attic, and work for a couple hours a night. That's incredible. I was at a music festival over the weekend, and it's funny running into people. And they're like, oh, what are you up to these days? Um, how do you um, deal with questions like that and, and how uh, things that you were known for sort of like um, hang around for a while? It's, it's really funny you ask that because... You know, when you have whole imaginary interviews in your head and you wonder what people will ask and you, you, you talk to yourself as you drive the car in these imaginary, yeah. imaginary interviews, that's one of the questions that I would ask myself, but no one ever asks it, so f*** you. Um, <laughs> Wait, me or everyone who doesn't ask it? Or? No, no, you, for actually putting me on the spot. Oh, no, but, putting you on the spot, <laughs> you've rehearsed this, Andy. I'm looking forward to this, uh, this perfectly worded answer you've got. The thing is, when you're, when you're a, like a, you know, a performer or a content creator or something, you always, there's a cynical part of your mind that always wants to be able to answer questions that you can somehow leverage into interest for your project. I should Mm. not say that out loud, but like (laughs) that's the expectation. So when people ask, it's like part of me wants to say something like, but I don't have a neat elevator pitch for them. And, And then there's a part of me that goes, I don't have to explain it. It's actually my life. On my deathbed, no one's going to be asking me that question. But you don't have to justify anything. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, totally. Thank you so much for uh, for jumping back into sharing your music 
with uh, with the world because it's very exciting to have some new Andy Bull tunes and some new Andy Bull video clips as well, which you can catch online, which you animated yourself. Mate, thanks for giving me the airtime. I'm sorry I don't have super neat answers, but um, I appreciate your willingness <laughs> to <laughs> engage. Amazing. <laughs> so I need to justify thanks. your answers, Andy. They were yeah. excellent. Yeah. No, I'm not going to justify my answers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and we'll chat to you again soon, my man. Unreal. Thanks, guys. So good to see you. Well, time to get the bill, Alex Dyson, because we are putting our knives and forks down on another episode of Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. And if you'd like to be part of the show, make sure you're following our Instagram, matt.and.alex, where we post a bunch of questions and the odd dank meme or two. That's it. The All Day Breakfast kitchen is closed. Got something to add to the show? Slide into our DMs at matt.and.alex.